listening. Depends on what time you're listening to us. The Ground Rule Double is back after a couple of weeks of hiatus. Life got in the way, and since we're not making millions of bucks doing this yet, unfortunately, we have to choose life over the podcast. But it's been an interesting first week of the baseball season going into the second week. Uh, a lot of surprises out there. We'll go kind of over the standings of where everybody ranks right now. Ben and I right now look like idiots with the Shohei Otani, Bryce Harper, Mike Trout, proving they're trying to be the best in their respective leagues. And who is going to end up being the best one? And it's just going to be fun to watch these people through their careers. So, Ben, let's let, let's start with our respective teams. The Cardinals have played two more games than the Cubs, mm-hmm. but basically they're they're basically the same team right now as it says the Cardinals are 9-7 and seven after a four-game winning streak against the Cincinnati Reds, which, again, they should. And the Cubs are 7-7, seven and seven, uh, had a couple of games uh, rained out, which that's something we got to talk about, too. Is baseball season starting too soon? What can we do about that? I'm sure we'll set that many times throughout the season. But, but I, I consider both our teams right now mediocre at best. What are your thoughts so far? Yeah, uh, the Cubs aren't playing up to their potential. Their pitching staff isn't pitching up to potential. Um, it's been uh, awful to watch in some points in time and season. And then just yesterday, they score an unprecedented, you know, eight run unanswered runs in the eighth inning or nine. Uh, come all the way back from being down, you know, seven or eight to two. Uh, late in the ball game to win in that 14 to 10 of all football score, you know, of a baseball game. Um, certain people have been hot with the bat. Uh, certain people you expect, others you wouldn't. Uh, the bullpen has been good, surprisingly. Uh, it's one of the best in the major leagues, but the starting pitching has been god awful, uh, and that's probably why the Cubs have lost so many games. They've uh, just had some insurmountable leads to come back from, and, you know, the whole team has gone cold at the same time in some games. Uh, You can't lose, uh, you know, to the Marlins, who are an awful team. They're a 4A team this year. Um, And uh, I believe the Pirates, who are, you know, leading the... uh, um, the Central Division right now are playing above their heads, but they made the Cubs look like a Triple A AAA ball club the other day. Yeah, it's crazy. I'm kind of looking over the, the batting stats for the Cubs. Uh, you look at Baez, four home runs, he has 14 RBIs on the season, but he's only batting 191. Uh, Hayward's batting around 200. Addison Russell hasn't really gotten going. Uh, Ian Happ hasn't really gotten going. Schwarber is hitting a little bit for power. But he's also batting 238. Then um, you look at the top of their lineup with average. Bryant's killing it, batting 352. Uh, two, R- two home runs, eight RBIs. Zobrist batting over 300. Tommy Lestella batting 300. Really, he's only had about 20 at bats. I was kind of looking because I really didn't think that uh, Ian Happ was getting a fair shake. Um, he really has. He's got 45 at bats on the young season. Kyle Swarber. Addison Russell, even Jason Hayward, all of them have about the same amount of bats. I mean, it, it, it seems to me that Madden's trying so hard to get everybody playing time, mm-hmm. and, and 
great. I know some of these bats can also be pinch hits. I know they've had an extra inning game that lasted a while. Those go into figure two because you may not have started that game, but because it went so long, you end up playing. Um, you know, and Rizzo's been injured, so they've had everybody right. and their mother's cousin, uh, that Navarro kid they brought up from AAA. Victor Caratini's been playing first base. Uh, Zobra started first base the other day. Uh, Chris Bryant started first base the day before that. Um, you know, missing Rizzo with his, you know, two-strike-in-the-count discipline in the middle of that lineup is a big deal. They say it's not a big deal, but it is a big deal. Um, Wilson oh, Wilson Contreras hasn't gotten going yet with the bat. Um, and, you know, the Cubs set a dubious record the first uh you know, four games of the season, they set the major league record for most strikeouts in the first four games of a season. Uh, that's not a record you want your team to have, and the Cubs got it. Obviously. You're absolutely right, and it goes back. You're right, it, but and granted, you're right. Their offense isn't bad, but it is their starting pitcher right now. Hendricks is the only pitcher with a sub four earn run average. Mm-hmm. Lester and Chatwood are in the fours, uh, and then Darvish is at six, and Quintana has not been good at all for the mm-hmm. Cubs. Uh, he's got an over an eight earn run average. It's I know, and again, people are going to listen to this podcast three, four, five, six weeks down the line, two, three months down the line. Everything we're saying, as we all know, can change. It's early in the season, but we've seen it a lot. And your Cubs barely struggled to make it after starting so slow last season. They were just lucky mm-hmm. they didn't have any other team like the Pirates starting off. That's how to say they did last year where they could hang on after the, the rough start. But, man, I tell you what, it, it's going to be interesting to see what happens if they're going to click and put everything together. Well, and to use some of your Cardinal history against you, those late 80s uh, St. Louis Cardinal teams were notorious slow starters. And my grandfather used to say, who was a Cardinal fan, uh, a big Cardinal fan, he used to say, they're a warm, warm weather ball club, Ben. Uh, once, you know, the humidity gets over 70%, you'll start seeing the batting averages go up. And sure enough, you know, in the late 80s, that was always the case. You'd see the Cardinals in the playoffs. Uh, maybe the Cubs are uh, a warm weather ball club. It may be. And, but, you know, that was back in the 80s, and you're right. There's teams that do play much better um, when the weather gets warmer, but it's going to be tough to see. I mean, I know it stinks because we say games in April don't matter, but in the sense, sometimes they do. Um, sometimes that one game that you were so close uh, at the end can, can matter enough. Uh, but let's let's kind of move on to see uh, just kind of where the Cardinals are. Yeah, um, let's talk man, about them. Let's let's look at some of these averages. Colton Wong batting a buck fifty, Carpenter a buck six, buck sixty, Dexter Fowler a buck eighty three, not doing much of anything. But then you look at the surprises. Like I just wonder how good is Jose Martinez? How good is Tommy Pham? Uh, Molina has been surprising. Ozuna is doing what Ozuna does, and even Paul DeYoung, while he's not batting high batting average, he's still hitting the home runs. Um, but the person that surprises me the most, Jose Martinez, three mm-hmm. home runs, 15 RBIs, batting 364. Is this guy the real deal? I, I want to believe that he is. 
it just stinks because he cannot play first base whatsoever. We really don't have a good defensive infield, and it's it's really starting to shift. Yeah, uh, Martinez UZR rating, which is the Saber metrics. Uh, I, I don't have it in front of me, but it is not good, which is your defensive zone rating for your position. Um, he's better suited as a left fielder, and unfortunately, you know, the Cardinals just don't have a, a the opportunity to stick him out there. Um, and I don't think they should stick him in right either. And... You know, it's just going to take some extra work and extra effort for him at first base. Uh, I read an article in the offseason about Martinez, and nobody has squared up the ball better in Major League Baseball uh, as far as hard-hit balls as Jose Ramirez, or Martinez did last year when he had the opportunity. Look that article up. I can't remember. where It was on MLB.com. And I can't remember, but there was a specific statistic that said that the last person to square up that many balls and hit uh, as hard as they did was Albert Pujols in his, uh, I believe, last MVP season. So I think he's for real with the bat. I really do. Uh, I I hope so. And and moving on to the Cardinals pitching, their starting pitching actually hasn't been bad if you take Wainwright and Walk out of it. Nicholas hasn't been bad. Of course, he's a little over four, but Luke Weaver uh, and, and even Carlos Martinez after his rough uh, first game is really starting to put it together. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's going to be interesting to see. The Cardinals are going to have to make a decision because Jack Flaherty is pounding at the door to get his true opportunity, and Wainwright and Waka just don't have it anymore. Uh, Wainwright's at a five earn run average, and Waka is five and a half. They're going to need to do something, mix them, mm-hmm. maybe throw them in the bullpen for one or two innings, yep. one or two batters, give a Flaherty the chance, and just see what he can do. Their bullpen actually hasn't been bad. Brett Cecil has been better as of late. This, this Hicks kid they brought up seems to be a legit real deal. Uh, I, I hope he works out because, uh, and again, I, we, we talked about the Holland signing, great signing. Uh, not so far. He's been kids. awful. <laughs> Holland but it's not, I mean, it's not bad. He's got a, I know he's not been great. Still, I think it's a great sign. What I mean by that is, even if he's awful, mm-hmm. it's one year. And he can kind of give them some innings when they need it and, and let these young these youngsters transition into their role. Their role. Yeah, Bud Norris has finally put it together for him, too. Uh, Luke Gregerson is going to come off the DL soon, and we'll finally see if he is uh, closer worthy. Yeah, the Hicks kid is uh, kind of a an anomaly. I think he's going to be the next or oldest Chapman just because of the, the amount of heat that he brings every time that he throws. Um, I had that kind of same inkling with Sandy Alcantara, but the Cardinals traded him to the Marlins, and they're trying to thin him out to be a starter. I think he's going to be better suited in the bullpen for Florida. And I wish the Cardinals would have kept him because they would have had, you know, what what I would see as a bullpen for the future if they would have kept him. But I understand why they did what they did. They had to go and get a bat like Ozuna. Um, and he's, and he's done what he's, what he's been paid to do. And I think he's going to continue to do it. Uh, with Martinez, um, 
and I believe you're right. They're going to have to make a decision on Waka and Wainwright. I think the best decision at this point is to keep Waka and put Wainwright and do what the Cubs did with John Lackey did at the end of last year and stick him out in the bullpen. Um, you know, as a long man reliever, one or two innings. They need a veteran presence um, to help the young guys. They, they need to keep Wainwright there to be a mentor to Flaherty and Weaver. Uh, and I think that's where it'll pay dividends to keep him there. Uh, I don't think it'll be uh, paying dividends to have him go out and throw five or six innings and get shelled for four or five runs every five days. I just don't see that as an economical point of view. And the whole Cardinal way loyalty thing is complete crap. You know, you got to win ball games, And your fan base is pecking at your door, uh, you know, GM, ownership. They're pecking at your door. They've missed the playoffs the last two years. They're hungry. And they're not going to tolerate, you know, finishing second, third, and, and, you know, not getting a wild card berth or not winning a division this year. Absolutely. And I just don't know. It's, it seems like I look at the team, and, and, and I know I'm critical, probably a lot more critical than most with the Cardinals. It just, I, I think it's because I want them to be better. I want the Cardinals to be uh, the destination where free agents came, you know, mm-hmm. I want to build those superstars that we used to have in the day. McGuire, Edmonds, Jerome. We don't have that where we can lure a free agent. Uh, I hope Ozuna re-signs with St. Louis when his contract is up after next season. I don't know if he's going to. Uh, I hope he does because he has been everything that we've asked and more. Uh, and I think he'll continue to get better, You know, obviously going with, with the weather as well. But it's such an interesting first season. It's been cold. It's been rainy. It's been snowy. Um, They're trying to get so much baseball in, and I get it. They want to have the players to have more days off. Where where do we draw the line? How how early are we going to start the season? I mean, my personal opinion, right about now, is when you'd want to start the season, truly. Yeah. I agree with that. Push spring training back a little bit, um, or you know, but something it just with all these games being being postponed, being rained out, is it really going to give these players those extra days off anyway? Probably not, because they're going to be made up games, or they're going to be a double header, and they're going to have to you know fly or travel to the next town. There's just – it's unfortunate that baseball is a weather sport and not all teams have domes. If all teams had domes, it wouldn't be a problem. But granted, it would suck, but mm-hmm. that's baseball, and you got to figure out what's going on and um, figure it out from there. So I know it's not going to change because the players want to have those extra days off, but it's, it's not even really been that enjoyable to – I haven't even really gotten into – uh, the baseball spirit just yet. Yeah, I haven't either. Um, you know, we talked about personal things at the beginning of the podcast, but, you know, the weather, uh, you know, here in the Midwest has just been dreary. It's been awful. You know, Chicago's gotten 18 inches of snow and Milwaukee too. And, uh, you know, you don't expect that in late April. So the, the weather kind of plays into that. Um, you know, my my birthday's coming up next week. I'll be 35, and I remember having snow on my birthday 
twice in 35 years. Um, so the, the fact that the weather is getting ready to turn the corner, uh, maybe baseball erred in this this particular sense because you know I was reading Bill James. I follow Bill James, who's a famous sabermetrician on uh, Twitter, and he said, you know, we've reached our quota for scarves over faces baseball this year <laughs> already in in uh, in April. And he's like, I'd rather see it in October. And I, I agree with him. I'd rather see that kind of ball in October and not at the beginning of the year because if you go out and you look right now, the disabled list is full of names, people with sprains and strains. Uh, so, you know, hey, lady, we, you know, it's a, a long season. We need, we need equipment to heal, our, <laughs> heal ourselves, as Lou Brown says in Major League. Uh well, in this case, we need weather. We need weather to stay healthy. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what are you drink, so, drinking to stay warm tonight? <laughs> actually, it's cold. It's actually, uh, I, I'm, I, I wanted to try the new Bud Light with orange. Mm-hmm. Um, just need something a little bit lighter tonight. Didn't feel like anything that heavy. And For Bud Light, I actually really like this. It, it's a... Uh, I don't. It doesn't. I, I really thought it would have more of a blue moon hint to it, but it doesn't. It, it, it's it's basically their orange version of the Bud Light Lime. And if I am gonna drink a domestic beer, mm-hmm. I do like Bud Light with like some flavoring in it. Um, if I just need something light, I think it'd be great on the golf course for sure. On a nice sunny day, or even at a nice hot ballpark, to have a little bit of refreshing orange pills with natural flavors. I don't think there's hardly. Yeah, 4.2 alcohol by volume. Doesn't even say IBUs, but yeah, not too bad. All right, well, uh, iTunes censors don't get get on me after this one, but uh, I'm drinking one from Chicagoland tonight, so you're drinking from St. Louis, so I'm drinking from Chicagoland area. Uh, I am drinking uh, from Spiteful Brewing out of Chicago. They're Imperial Porter. It's called Goddamn Pigeon Porter. It is 8.2% alcohol by volume, uh, no IBUs listed. It is a dark, multi coffee, uh, chocolatey porter that's absolutely delicious for cold weather. And I love it. I've had it before. Um, they had it on sale at the local shop, and I was like, oh yeah, I'm getting a four pack of cans of that. And it's fresh. It was just made uh, three weeks ago, so it's nice and uh, nice and fresh and tasty. And you're gonna save one of those for me? Uh, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> really? Yeah. I've been saving you some spe- some special beers, so. Uh, well, I can, I can get you more. Okay. Yeah. Or is that your last one already? Uh, well, I gave one to the girlfriend, uh, and I got. I believe I got one left in the fridge, so I can definitely save you one. Or, or give me one, or give me some more. But yeah, I got some. Tons of beers to bring if I ever get a day to do that. So yeah, hop on over here. You can see the new uh, new house. There you go. Sounds like a plan. All right. So standing so far, uh, Boston's being what we thought Boston would. Minnesota starting off well, as is the Indians. The Los Angeles Angels, New York Mets, and Pittsburgh Pirates to me are the biggest surprises so far in the young season. The Angels are off to a 13-3 clip. The Mets are 12-2. and 
and the Pittsburgh Pirates are 11 and 4. I did not see any of those teams being that good. Obviously, the Angels made some very smart moves, uh, you know, with with the signings they had. Not just the Shohei Otani, which we completely uh, messed out of, but really, uh, they're I really like their signing of Zach Cozart. Valbuena uh, has been playing well for them. They re-signed Upton. Trout is Trout. Um, they really, you look at the team, it's just not that bad of a team. Um, so I'm, I'm very impressed with how well everything is going for that team. Yeah, I mean, the Angels, uh, you know, they haven't been this good since the early 2000s when they had Tim, Tim Salmon and J.T. Snow and uh, that group of players, uh, really young, Jared Weaver pitching for them. Um, they've not been a good team for a long time. Uh, they were kind of a joke out in the West for uh, throughout much of the, the late 70s, early 80s. Uh, they had some decent teams in the late 80s with Mark Langston and Chuck Finley um, pitching for them. Uh, you know, Nolan Ryan spent some time with them in the 70s, but even then they weren't a playoff team. Uh, they were always kind of middle of the pack back then. And it seems like they're starting to turn a corner now. You know, they got Mike Trout to build around. Um, I'm still not a believer in their pitching staff, uh, even with Otani pitching as well as he's been pitching and hitting as well as he's been hitting. I think things are going to get figured out by the All-Star break. Um, I still think Otani is going to get figured out too. But, man, has he really... Uh, uh, he's kind of shed some some doubt on my doubtness, if you so so to speak. <laughs> I'm gonna have to say that I was completely wrong on him, um, and I'm happy that I am. I still think it's gonna come down to uh, eventually is he gonna be a pitcher or a hitter? I just don't see um, I don't see them uh, keeping him at both positions. It just I don't think it's gonna make sense if he's gonna be as good of a pitcher as he is. But then again. If he's going to be as good of a hitter as he is, I mean his his batting. I was just kind of looking at his stats to see where he was sitting. He's got three home runs, eleven RBIs, uh, batting three sixty seven, and thirty at bats. I mean, he, he he could be the real deal. And then you look at his pitching stats, and you see that he's got an earn run average just a little over two. Uh, he his uh, case for nine innings is over twelve. I just look at everything and go, wow, two quality starts and two games started. He's 2-0. and mm-hmm. He's only given up four hits and three earned runs, 13 innings pitched. I honestly hope, as much as I was a doubter, I hope he can do both for his entire career and his long career just so we can say we got to see it. Because uh, you just don't see anything like this. And you really don't expect it, especially coming from overseas. We've had a lot of these overseas players come here and not do well. Uh, but you're right, things could catch up. It's a much longer season. And, and we'll see if he's going to be prepared for the long haul. Yeah. So another thing I, I, I want to bring out about this season, too, is it seems like tempers have been really, really hot this season. We've had several bench-clearing brawls already. Matt, what do you make of that? 
I, I I'm kind of at a loss. I don't know. I mean, I, I'm kind of at a loss too. I really don't know what to say. I know it's baseball trying to police itself. Is it? Is it the fact that there's not as much of a cooling off period because there's a limit to mound visits? Uh, there's a limit to this, a limit to that, because baseball is trying to, um, you know, keep the pace of play. Is that because sometimes if a catcher knows his pitcher is getting heated, he can go out there and maybe calm him down. But now if you only got six mound visits, you might go, well, I probably don't really need to go out there right now to waste a mound visit. So is the fact that they just don't have enough ways to keep players calm? I mean, that's the only thing that even makes remote sense to me why this is happening a lot more. Because, you know, that or people are just pissed because it's cold, which, again, cold weather sucks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, the Yankees-Red Sox thing, you kind of expect that out of that rivalry. But uh, Nolan Arenado and the, and the Padres... <laughs> The Rockies and the Padres don't have a heated rivalry at all out in the West. No, and it's not like the Padres are even that great. Um, no. I don't know, but I, I'm at a loss, too. I did find out, and at least I think I found out, when it's opening day um, in St. Louis. From what I understand, and from my good rules, so each team has six mound visits. Um, but if you go to the mound and you remove a pitcher, like you don't talk to him, you just take him out, that does not count for Malibus. But if you go out there and you don't remove him, yep. it does. It doesn't matter if it's a manager, first baseman, second baseman. Any Bonifil goes out there, it's a Malibus. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've talked about it, and, and I hear other people talking about it. The game doesn't really need to change. It's it's perhaps at its most popular. And then again, is it trying to get popular by drawing in the, the casual fans that Maybe you want to see a fight. I mean, we know they're, they're fans like that that are casual that like to watch the hockey fights. So is that it, perhaps? I, I don't know, man. It just it doesn't make any sense to me why it's happening. Again, you hit the nail on the head. Red Sox and Yankees, we expect that to happen. But, yeah, with the, the Padres and the Rockies, you just, you just don't see that heated rivalry that you do with the Yankees and Red Sox. And, again, I don't like baseball like that, um, but they say if you go spikes high, you're gonna get you're gonna get it the next mm-hmm. time you come up. So it's just baseball, but again, a lot of it's just not making sense to me right now. Yeah, and you know, I didn't. I was scratching my head too with the the Yadier Molina Tori Lavillo confrontation uh, with that. You know, the fact that Yadi didn't get pitched uh, in that game. And neither did, uh, I believe, A.J. Pollock. Um, both gentlemen laid hands on umpires in that particular instance. Uh, you never, hardly ever see a player go after a, a, an opposing manager. Um, so, so apparently, what was said is the what Lavello called Yachty and MF. Mm-hmm. If people don't know what that is, you can look it up. We try not to cuss as much on this show at least definitely try not to drop the big up ball but how was it said because Ben there's been some point times I'm like Ben you're an MF I'm like Ben you're an MF you know like I, again I wasn't there 
there's there's Lavelle's side, there's Yachty's side, and then there's the truth somewhere in between. Mm-hmm. Um, but he could have just said like, oh, that's such, you're such a damn effort for for doing that, or because mm-hmm. Yachty was he was framing the pitches. Yachty's great at it. Yachty is good at what he does. He's been good at what he does. He's been great at what he does. Or did he say, you know, you're a stupid mf Well, then it, it, it all depends upon context. And if it was the joking context, then Yachty needs to be better um, better at handling that situation. And at the same time, even if Lavello is being like that, and it wasn't joking, it was malice, sometimes you also got to be better at um, handling the situation. Yeah. I, you know, I, I was just really... Uh, the thing that stunned me is, you know, the fact that other players who placed hands or even spit on an umpire have gotten suspended and tossed from the game, and that didn't seem to apply here. Well, he did get a one-game suspension... And they said that it happened because it wasn't Yachty wasn't trying to go after the umpire. The umpire stepped in to keep him from going after LaBelle. So it was, I guess that's the only thing because Yachty wasn't mad at the umpire and maybe the umpire mm-hmm. understood that he put himself in harm's way. Yeah. That's the only thing that, that makes sense. Again, regardless of the situation, Yachty has to do better at handling said situation. Yeah, and he's not normally a hothead. So, I mean... At least as far as one who likes to start confrontations, and I was really, I was really surprised by all that. As was I, I, I was very surprised. And you know, Cardinals fans are going to think that Yachty's always in the right, uh, and he's not a hothead. But I, I tend to wonder if he couldn't have handled the situation a little bit better. Yeah, and you know, maybe he. he he was doing it to light fires in people's bellies since the Cardinals are having such a hard time uh, getting started. Uh, you know, playing playing above you know 500 ball, and sometimes that's the way to do it. You know, a manager will get tossed to uh, get his team uh, fired up. Dave Martinez got fired or ejected from a Nationals game and got his money's worth. <laughs> I don't know if you caught a glimpse of that on video or not, but he did the classic Lou Pinella uh, cover the ball or cover the plate in dirt, kick the hat, throw the hat. <laughs> I missed it, but it sounds like it would have been hilarious. Yes, uh, he definitely got his money's worth uh, arguing balls and strikes. I believe it was the fifth game of the season. That's awesome. All right, so I mean, we kind of ran through this a lot quicker than I thought, but I will say I think we could be in for something special. I know we talked about Otani, but could we really be in for something special witnessing what Mike Trout and what Bryce Harper are going to do? I mean, I, I get Harper's playing for a contract this year, but he is definitely not disappointing. Uh, he has seven home runs already on the young season, 14 Eight. RBIs. Eight. He hit one today. He's got eight. Yeah, no, seven. <laughs> it made it seven today. Oh, I thought it was eight. Nope, it's seven. He had a seven today. All right. Yep, yep. he had six hits, seven, 14 RBIs, batting at 300. I mean, he's already walked 20 times on the young season. I just am crazy what, what, what we're witnessing. And at the same time, and you look at the American League, you look at Mike Trout, 
Trout's got six home runs, 13 RBIs. Only batting 266. He's, he struck out 14 times, only walked 11. So Harper does have him there. He struck out only 11 times. I said walked 20 times. Um, man, we're just witnessing witnessing greatness. And I just want to sit back and, and enjoy the ride and, and, you know, talk to when I have grandkids. Um, say, hey, we got to witness some of the the most talented baseball players in our time. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, it's all around baseball, and it's not just those two guys, but um... – you know the the display that those two guys are putting on right now, currently in this season, um, is something special. Uh, you know, and then you go on the pitching side, and you got guys like uh, Noah Syndergaard who's back. You know, striking out twelve. Clayton Kershaw struck out twelve today. Um, who are considered, you know, Max Scherzer. Uh, I think all three of those guys, especially if Syndergaard manages to stay healthy and stick around and win, you know, have a couple 20-win seasons, um, I think we're definitely seeing some uh, some Hall of Fame numbers with Kershaw and Scherzer uh, and possibly uh, Justin Verlander, too, if he uh, continues to produce down in Houston. They're having a heck of a run down there with their pitchers right now. Um you know, it, it's a you know it's a great day to be alive, as the, as an old Travis Tritt song goes, and uh, it's a great day to be alive to watch some of the ball games that are are on television uh, that are at our fingertips with the internet. But uh, those two guys are, um, you know, it reminds me of Ted Williams and Stan Musial uh, uh, from the you know fifties and sixties uh, or forties and fifties, I should say. Um, you just don't have that caliber of play, player that go, comes around all the time. And, I, you know, if Harper continues to produce, uh, I'm at a loss for words. I don't know what to put, put on it. But uh, unless, you know, he comes to the Cubs and is absolutely awful next year. <laughs> uh, <laughs> sorry, that's the pessimistic Cub fan and hidden deep down inside of me. Leftover from 111 years of losing, but uh, you know the idea that those two guys are doing what they're doing and making baseball popular and and you know making baseball great again as as Harper uh, had on his hat. Uh, you know it's fun to watch, and that's what what you come come to a ball game to watch and be witness to. And you're right, you know the legacy of carrying that down to fans in the future and saying hey I was there when or I used to watch them when uh, it's all a part of you know walking through the, the halls at Cooperstown which I hope to do someday I hope so too I, I think we should figure that out and make the trip together yeah there's a nice brewery out there too <laughs> sounds like I need to we need to go there for a couple of just do a quick road trip for a week or so and Yep. Come back. I so. think I think uh, I think the plan should be that we should do this podcast at Omegong Brewery in Cooperstown, New York, uh, sometime after we tour the Hall of Fame. That sounds like a great idea. You know, and if any one of our viewers want to make that happen, uh, feel free to send that to the Matt and Ben Trust Fund. We'll be happy to put it to good use for that road trip: gas money, hotel money, and beer money. <laughs> 
Do you have any uh, ha- have any shots? Any little odds and ends? Not really. I mean, we can go through all the shots. It's just, not, I mean, kind of the shots I talked about was like Harper and everything. And I don't really have a lot of shots this week. I've just been, as we both talked about, life got in the way. I've just kind of been following the major news with baseball and kind of been letting the small stuff just kind of be the small stuff. But hopefully after next week and things get back together, I'll have a lot better better shots to talk about what about you well uh just little odds and ends things that we talked about during spring training some players that uh, are still hurt but again they're kind of minor things uh i'm looking forward to better baseball out of both of our teams really uh i don't want want a whole season of 500 baseball in the central division uh while the brewers and the pirates are beating us uh, <laughs> i really don't want that to happen and i know you don't want that to happen um so yeah i'll i'll, I'll reserve my shots for next week yeah they bought some good shots and I run, i'm right with you I, I i really do like it when both the cardinals and cubs are good and not mediocre it makes the rivalry a lot better and a lot more fun to watch Yep, we'll definitely find out this week. Uh, we'll have a lot to talk about because the Cubs and Cards have, what, a three or four game set this week in uh, St. Louis. So that's all I've got. So, Matt, you're, you're all done? I'm good, man. Close us out. All right. So groundrulex2 at gmail.com gets you in our inbox. Uh, also gives you an address to send us those funds we were talking about. Uh, you can find us on SoundCloud and iTunes. Just hit the little subscribe button. We'd love to hear from you. From Ben Cox, Matt Trusty is on the other side. This has been your first 2018 Major League Baseball season episode of Ground Rule Double. We'll see you here next week. <laughs>